again if this is your first time listening to the move swiftly podcast welcome to the show to my regular listeners you already know how i get down you're listening to mr abc always be connecting and for you guys who do listen to the show regularly you know i've gotten really really deep into the nil space and the nil business and become very active in the nil business and with everything i get active with i just start calling people just start dialing numbers cold call and do whatever it is i have to do to see how i can get myself more knowledgeable about a certain subject and by God's grace, I had the great fortune of running into this gentleman here, Tariq Ahmed, right? I got it right? Got it. All right, Tariq Ahmed. Now, he, listen, I, I can I can run down the list of his accomplishments, but honestly, Tariq, we'd be on here for a whole hour, so I'll let you do that, but I will, I do want to at least pronounce you as, or announce you as the CEO of Sport Court Consulting. You're also an NIL educator, and you also are a service and agent for athletes as well. And we're going to dive into a whole lot of that because so much of that is new. And I want to really give our listeners an understanding of what it is you do and how, how, how special it is what you do, because so few people are able to bridge that gap when it comes to these new things. But before we get into all that, just give us a little bit about your background, where you came from and how you, you know, how you got to where you are today. Yeah, for sure. First of all, thank you, Asman, for joining, for having me on the podcast. You know, I know we recently connected and, you know, had a great conversation with you last week and, and looking forward to today. So, yeah, as mentioned, NIL educator and I do some athlete representation as well. Most recently, I was at Meta, which was formerly called Facebook. I was a project manager or marketing manager for that for a team there. I didn't work on the sports team there, but the team there was kind enough to have me work on their NIL Empower initiative. So they work with 30 women student athletes on NIL branding, education, how to get right. deals, post-career transition, et cetera. And right. that like really like I was I'm always I've always been a big fan of college sports, you know, still am to this day, you know, very pro athlete, you know, as one, I know that you're a former college mm -hmm. athlete yourself. And you know, it really like re-energized my love for college sports. I think, yeah. you know, last three three or four months at meta i just started like like you like you just started cold connecting with you know people in the space whether they right, were right. Yep. Yeah. or directors at schools or student athletes or you know brands or anybody tied to the space i just tried to learn as much as possible so my right. work at meta ended at the end of december by, by a tech layoffs which you know life happens and then i said hey i have yeah look what happened to espn it happens exactly. you be prepared folks you need to be exactly. prepared absolutely absolutely yeah and then i just figured that I have time, let, let me just move into the NIL space full time, yeah. right? So just, you know, I had an old LLC that I dusted off and, you know, just started like putting together education. You know, I, I ran an NIL webinar earlier this year, you know, planning to do another one, hopefully in the next one or two months as well for, for high school athletes and parents. 
And, you know, I became, as you mentioned, a certified athlete agent in six states as of now. So, and then I do represent, officially I have two athletes on my roster, which are both women's basketball players. And then I have another two coming, which are also women's basketball players. So I'm very big into making sure everybody has an opportunity. And for your listeners, you know, you don't need to be a football player or men's basketball player to take advantage of NIL. It could be any women's sport, any male Olympic sport, any division is is really what it is. And just, yeah, just really went into the space full time. I write an NIL newsletter, which comes out three times a week. I've been doing some NIL consulting for colleges and I'm moving down into the high school AAU space as well. And, you know, okay. working with more brands and, and all that. So that that's how I got to where I am today. You know, backstory, keep it short. I was a social media manager for a number of years when, you know, corporate America I did a PhD in sport management and my research doctoral research was on social media and the NBA. So I essentially took that research and then parlayed it into a social media career. So that's, you know, more of where I've been in the last 10 years and excited for the conversation today. Yes. And well, the thing is, I'm glad you brought up the point about football because I I've tweaked my business a little bit to help collectives. And I I have a a shop where a portion of my sales goes to collectives. And as I'm doing my research on collectives, I see the majority of them are, oh, we just focus on football. We just focus on basketball, things like that. And I'm recognizing that it's a huge issue. Even the conversations that I have with NIL collectives is that they're, they're so focused on one sport. And like you mentioned, in, in all honesty, it's probably more beneficial for the other sports that aren't the commodity because they can really hustle it up. So with that, what do you see as the biggest issues when it comes to NIL? Because everyone, like, it's like everyone's talking about it. Everyone's saying they're quote unquote experts and they know this and they know that. It's like, how are you going to be experts? It's only been two years. But anyway, we won't get into that. But what, what do you say is the biggest issues you see from your perspective? Yeah, great question. I think a couple of them come to mind. I think one is financial literacy in general. Mm -hmm. I think that, you know, student athletes are now making money, which is great. And they don't realize that they have to pay taxes on this money, right? So the end of the year comes and the next year rolls around and it's, oh, hey, like, I didn't know I owe taxes on all these NIL deals that I did, right? And then because of that, it basically comes down to education, right? Is it, you know, you know, to be honest, like, a student athlete's first resource should always be their school, right? You go to your school and, okay, if you have an NIL director, speak with that person. If you don't have an NIL director, speak with compliance. You know, if every school is going to have compliance. If you go to a really small school and, and you don't have compliance, go talk to your athletic director, right? Like your school should always be your number one stop. And you ask them, hey, you know, I've been doing NIL deals. I'm getting all these 1099 tax forms. Like, how do I do this, right? You know, some schools actually offer free tax prep for all students, student athletes and students, which is great. You know, some of them, they say like, hey, we can, you know, give you a little bit of guidance, but we can't do your taxes for you, which is completely understandable. So I think NIL education and, you know, there's more products and certifications and courses and everything coming out. I think more of that, and I think specifically in the financial literacy aspect is key, right? Because even if it's as basic as okay, you're a student athlete. Do you have a checking account? Okay. Do you have a savings account? Right. Okay. Now, like you have all this money rolling in, thankfully, even if it's $500, $600, like the first thing a student athlete should think is, okay, let me set aside 40% of that for my taxes and not touch that because IRS is going to come at the end of the year or the following year and say like, oh, cool. You, you threw 60 touchdowns last year. I don't care. You owe us $2,500 in taxes. We need your money. So like, it it, it doesn't, doesn't matter who you are. Right. So that's key too. And then just being, you know, financially savvy with your money, like don't go and blow it on, you know, stupid things and, you know, just 
making sure that you're, you know, saving properly and then maybe investing your money or using it wisely is, is one of the things. A second thing you mentioned collectives, I could definitely see, you know, a reduction in collectives. You know, I think something that I always say is that there are a lot of collectives out there and I think sometimes it can be confusing for fans, right? Because I think Michigan has five official collectives. I, I, I actually got, yeah, I got in touch with somebody from Michigan just, just yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's a lot, right? Because it's okay. Say I want to support Michigan track and field. Yes. Okay. But four collectives support Michigan track and field. Like, how do I know which one to give my money to? Like, I don't, I don't know what's going on. So to me, I could see collectives going one of two ways. It could be one is you see a reduction in collectives that so you could see like a merging of collectives. I think Texas has done this very well. It's like the Texas one fund or something where all the collectives are one. And then two, it could be that you'll now have official university support, right? It's like, okay, the university of <clears throat> ABC, right. You, you know, uses this collective as their official collective. And then I could see it going one of two ways, right? You either have one collective for every sport or you have one collective for football and basketball and one collective for every other sport, because that, you know, as you had mentioned that, you know, of the vast majority of collectives focus on football, which is true because it's generally the highest revenue generating sport in college athletics. So I think they just want to make sure their athletes are getting paid. So I would say those are the two biggest things coming up. I mean, the, this this question could be, you know, another hour, but I would say those are the the top two things I see that are that are issues for now. And, and what you brought up the you brought up a very valid point when it comes to the financial literacy aspect of this. And one of the things I talk about in my book, The Six Figure Athlete, is there's a difference between revenue generating and money making. And if if you can kind of dive into a little bit of that, because again, sports is revenue generating, Nike money making. So when you're in the sports world, you are used to being a beneficiary of a revenue generating thing. You're not realizing yeah. like me, if you grew up in that sports world, you're not realizing this is not a money-making business. It's a revenue generating business. So if you can kind of elaborate on the difference of that a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. I think that, I think a good key into that is like the athlete versus a team owner, right? Like yes, a team yes. owner is wealthy, but the athlete is rich, right? Mm -hmm. So it's like, you know, the athlete doesn't benefit unless the the team generates revenue or the league generates revenue and you right. make money off of that. So I think the key there is that, you know, for an athlete, you know, can you become revenue generating? Possibly, you know, but maybe like focus exactly. on exactly right. I, I'm glad you said that because it's not a guarantee. And yeah. for you listeners listening in, and I want you guys to really hold on to that. It's not a guarantee that you're going to actually generate revenue. I'm, I actually, as of this recording, an article is coming out tomorrow on my website about how the XFL doesn't even plan on being a revenue positively revenue generating till 2027. Okay, so all it is that you saw, the, the league, the uniforms, the stadiums, all that ESPN, they're not going to make money. Like they're not actually going to, they may make money. So it's very important that you tie this opportunity into what is it that you want to do in your career? What is it that you want to do once you are done playing the sport? I mean, yeah. that, that is, to me, that's the main tie-in for a lot of these college athletes is they have to figure out how am I going to use this to build my resume for what I'm going to be doing career-wise? Yeah, 100%. Yeah, one of my colleagues says the best NIL you can get is a job post-graduation, which yes. is completely true, right? Yes. And, you know, and you know, for, for the athletes listening, like, you know, NIL is not all about the money, right? It's what you learn along the way. It's the NIL education you learn along the way. It's the tax prep. It's the doors that are being open. It's how to negotiate contracts, how to shake hands, how to network. Like all those things will supersede making mm -hmm. money. So, you know, for everyone listening, 
focus on those things first. And then the money will come after that. Even if you're getting product only deals, that's great. Even if you go your whole college career and get no NIL deals, the mm -hmm. education that you learn from that is, is really, really important. And that's where the value should be. You know, unfortunately, we'll we'll see athletes that will say, like, oh, I'm just trying to get as many deals as possible. Like, I don't mind saying, like, oh, this is my favorite drink. And then the next post, this is also my favorite drink. And it's a completely different brand. And then like their whole Instagram feed is just full of 10 different water brands, you know, that they're just trying to get paid off of. So like, you know, know, know your why is what I say. Like know why you want to be an NIL, yeah. put forth the work and then everything else is going to filter down from there. I'm so glad you said, because I, I want to paint this picture now because I, I was before, and we're going to get into what you do as an agent too, but I have to kind of put this kind of to, to wrap a bow on this. You get two athletes, all right? You get Angel Reese and Caitlin Clark. Caitlin Clark, all right? And again, I have a niece. Love, I love me some Angel Reese. I love what she is on the court. I love the basketball player. But we're talking about image now. It's called name, image, and likeness. If you have a young child, a young daughter, do you want her to be the Caitlin Clark, who I believe you had mentioned she's signing deals with, it was like a, a accounting firm. Say what the firm what was, uh... Yeah, she yeah, she did a deal with Goldman Sachs. Goldman Sachs, yeah. I saw she did a deal with Goldman Sachs versus a a soda that you know for a fact if you drink too much soda, you will not be a great athlete. Actress. <laughs> now I get yeah. LSU one. I get probably Angel Reese is getting the bag and you know she's living it up and all that. But Caitlin Clark is set if you're getting a deal with Goldman Sachs. And think about exactly what she's going to be doing post-playing versus a situation where, I mean, in all honesty, and you could disagree with this if you want, but Angel Reese is in bikini. She has her ass out getting these deals versus a Caitlin Clark who's doing it kind of in a way that's a little more in my, in my, what I would want for a college, for my niece as a college athlete, if my niece was a college athlete. Yeah, I think with, with Angel, yeah, no, I think it's it's a good, good perspective both ways. I think like yes. Caitlin Clark is a little bit more low key. She right. has deals, right? She has Bose, she has Hy-Vee, she has Buick, she has like a lot of brands. And I know with Angel Reese, she has a really good agent that's helping her with these things, right? It's like, okay, we're not doing product only deals. We're doing things that are best for Angel, which is absolutely true that, you know, that that should be the case. And I mean, I'm sure you've heard the stat. I did a video on this on Instagram where like yeah, Angel Reese, it before, yeah. <laughs> yeah, where Angel Reese now makes more money on her NIL than she would in the WNBA, at least for her first few years, which is crazy to think that, you know, so, but, you know, I'm confident that Angel has a good team around her that is setting her up for future success, right? Like, exactly, she's yeah. I, well, I'm from Maryland. It's hard for me to say anything bad about anyone from Maryland. I always root for the Maryland folks. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm just, again, being, because I'm looking at it from a business perspective and you say, image it's called image for a reason everyone isn't going to be caleb williams everyone isn't going to be blake Corm. everyone isn't going to be this polarizing figure that like you said is even going to make any money so what image do you want to pursue i'm sure caitlin clark has the same access to the deals as angel reese but there's two different images that you see and they're both able to kind of land where it is they want to be and that's the point i'm trying to get to you guys as athletes is make sure this opportunity that you have right Right now is such a great paid internship opportunity for you to get clear on your steps and what it is you're trying to do once you're through playing. So, you know, with, with all that, I, I do want to dive into you as an agent and what you're doing and how you are able to kind of, how'd you even get involved into being an agent and a certified agent to, to athletes? 
Yeah, great question. I think it was just something I was always interested in, but I never really had the vehicle. You know, one of my good friends would always say, oh, bro, you should be an agent. I'm like, ah, it's too slimy and cutthroat. And like, I don't know anybody. <laughs> exactly. in the like, I was about to that. say, man, you, there, yeah. there's some sharks out there, boy. There, there are some sharks. Yeah. There, there's some sharks. There's some slime balls out there, too. <laughs> and, you know, yeah, with, with NIL, you know, I figured, you know, when I first started my journey, I thought, like, what can I do to separate myself, right? Like, you have right. agents, and then you have educators. And I said, maybe, maybe I should do both, right? Because it's, you know, obviously the downside of that is like I have one foot in the education space and one foot in the representation space. So I'm not like fully committed to both or either one. But then the good thing is like I don't know of any other athletes that are or agents that are doing that, right? So, you know, a, a by, some advice I could receive from another agent was make sure that before you even go talk to athletes, make sure that you're a certified athlete agent in that state, right? So I live in New York City. So I first became a New York State certified athlete agent. So I got my certification. So now I feel confident reaching out to any athlete who plays in New York State, whether it's college or high school, since high school allows NIL here, and I can do that. You know, some are going to be a little bit more strict than others. Some are very loose based, you know, very, you know, for example, one of my athletes plays in the state of Illinois. Illinois does not need any certification whatsoever. Like I went to the state website, there was nothing. I called them mm -hmm. and talked to two people just to make sure like, hey, I have a potential athlete who's playing college basketball in Illinois. I don't need certification. Like, yeah, that's correct. And then I just to triple check, I checked with her school too. And they're like, yeah, that's correct. You don't need anything. So, so if you want to go about it the easy way, you can find, I think they're like 14 states that don't even need any kind of certification whatsoever. So if you want to do that, you could you can go that route. Or if you want to become certified, then you have to you know fill out an application and pay a you know processing fee, which will vary from state to state, and then and go from there. So you know I think it was just like a personal interest of mine, and I figured that if I have enough knowledge about the process, and you know if I can make enough connections and right. do that, then I'll you know be on my way. So so that that's, that's really how it started. It was kind of like you know one of my friends said it a long time ago. Then I was like, yeah, I'm not interested. And then you know NIL started picking up. I figured that hey, might as well give it a try. Like it, it, same thing, right? Even if I went along the way and I signed no athletes, mm -hmm. then it was a learning process for me, and I I got exactly. something out of it. Now, well, that, that kind of brings me to the, the final thing I want to talk to you about is what's the resistance that you have dealt with as you've been going through this? Because I know I know how stubborn coaches can be and how stubborn the brands can be. And me as an NIL brand myself, I can go directly to the athlete without the middleman. You know, so what talk a little bit about some of the resistance you felt. Yeah, a lot of it is from just the lack of education. Again, I know I've said this a lot of times, but it's just, it's you got to be redundant for a reason. And, and I'm glad you yeah. are saying it because it's so many people out there who don't have the information and they go out and they try to get these things done. Exactly. Exactly. And I think, I mean, and I, you know, and I appreciate the transparency from these high school coaches mm -hmm. and these high school admins and these AAU teams are like, Hey, to be honest, like, I don't know where to start. And I'm very hesitant to enter the space because I don't want to jeopardize my kids eligibility or we don't want them getting suspended and you know mm -hmm. things like that and i think even from brands it's a lot of just you know either like cold dming them on instagram cold messaging them that's on Twitter. How, yeah that's how i did it <laughs> right yeah exactly yeah or you know just emailing them on their contact us form finding people on linkedin reaching out to them and like right. you get ghosted a lot of times a lot of times you right. get no a lot of times too which is fine i'd rather hear no than be ghosted yes. then then like eventually you break through right it's like okay cool send us an email mm -hmm. and tell us more or like okay cool let's schedule a call or hey like tell me more about what you're looking for you know so it's like 
like you little bit like, but it's like, you have to get through all the ghosting and all the no's to get to the yes. Right. You know, and, and you get a lot of broken promises too, where it's like, yeah, cool. Let's collab. Email me at, you know, John at my email.com, like personal email address. Mm-hmm. And like, you never hear from John again. Right. No matter how many times you call him or follow up. So I can't tell you how many times that's happened to me. So exactly. Yeah. It's all part of the process. So, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I would say that that's been, you know, something that, you know, because I mean, when, when athletes, they want deals, right. And like, you want to give them something too, right. Cause it should be like, okay, I can help you with the education and some content ideas and everything, but a, I can't post for you, nor should I. And B, like, they're like, hey, you know, what deals am I getting? Like, even if it's product only deals, like what, you know, what's coming along or what's coming down the pipeline. So that's been, that's been a little bit of a challenge, but you know, it's all good. You keep knocking on doors and eventually, you know, some of them will open and and you go from there. I think also it, it comes down to lack of education from the brands too. It's just, mm-hmm. okay, we work with influencers, but we don't know how to work with college athletes. And it's, 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 it's the same thing, right? It's just like NIL is not, you know, it's open in the United States. As long as the athlete is born in the United States and not an inter- international athlete, you can do deals. And, you know, sometimes it's just a lack of education on their part too. So, but yeah, that, that's been it. But, you know, you slowly, but surely like brick by brick, you, you keep building and everything will come, come together. Yeah. One of my favorite authors, Seth Godin, he says, you know, you're always going to be unprepared for when you're doing something for the first time. You're yeah. always going to get told no, you're only going to be unprepared whenever it's being done for the first time so you know man listen i so appreciate you having you on man i want to be very respectful of your time i definitely definitely love really really love collaborating with you man looking forward to doing some things in the future before you go though can you just tell people how they can get in touch with you what's the best way of reaching out if they want to hear more about what you do or even represent them yeah absolutely absolutely so you can find me on my website which is sportscourt.info s-p-o-r-t-s c-o-u-r-t dot info which as Wanda, i believe that's how you found me as well i mean we, we've been connected on linkedin and, and twitter as well so exactly. you can also find me on twitter Tarek underscore ahmed t-a-r-i-q underscore a-h-m-a-d and then on my website as mentioned before sportscourt.info it will have all of my sports court social media channels so it's twitter instagram and YouTube and TikTok. So a lot of videos and content go up there pretty regularly. So they're all some variation of sports court. So if you if you go to the website, they'll all be at the bottom of the page there. So you can also email me directly if you'd like, Tarek at sportscourt.info. So T-A-R-I-Q at sportscourt.info. And yeah, LinkedIn, you can find me there. And yeah, pretty open to collaboration. Like I don't turn down any message requests unless it's very spammy or if i feel it's going to be spammy then i'll turn it down but but if not if you're just a normal normal person you're a handsome dude man you gotta watch the watch some stalkers out there (laughs) (laughs) and you never know yeah you never know who's on the other side of the phone or the screen but yeah that's the way to me you know always open to the conversation and yeah we'll, we'll keep it going all right, cool. So now the way I close out all my shows, Tarek, is I want you to use your imagination a little bit. You're in a massive lecture hall. You're the only one there. You have maybe, we'll say, a minute and a half to talk. The room is split by threes. There's NIL athletes, the people that want to sign a deal. There's the coaches, and then there's the brands. And then you just tell them what? You have a, you have a minute and 30 seconds. What do you tell them? <laughs> NIL is one of the most valuable tools that there is out there, right? June 30th, 2021 and before was a different era of NIL. July 1st, 2021 is now a new era. Look on the right side of your room. Look at all these, look at all these student athletes that are there, right? They're 
hungry. They're great athletes. They're great content creators. They're ambitious. They're go-getters. Mm-hmm. Let's capitalize on them, right? In a good way. Like let's let's teach them skills, right? Let's get them some deals. Let's get them education. Let's bring them into your business, right? Like look at like look at how many business majors they may be here. Like they're not going pro, but they want to work for your business afterwards. Like, cool, you're giving me clothing and everything, but like why don't you teach me about the clothing process and the manufacturing and the business and the selling of it? So when I graduate, I can essentially become an employee and then go pitch the next generation of NIL. For the coaches, it's more so like, hey, look at all these great athletes you have. Now I agree, like NIL is not part of your pitch for schools, right? Or for for your recruits, right? So now coaches, I know that you cannot guarantee anything NIL related in terms of deals or money or brands or whatever, but like part of the education process because you're visiting these parents' homes, they're 100% asking you about NIL. So you, you should have a good answer on what your school can provide. For the brands, don't be scared. I, I understand, you know, working with 18 to 22 year olds may not be great, may not be the most reliable people, may not be giving you what you want, but what they do give you is an audience that you never had before, right? They're ta- you're, you're now tapping into Gen Z, you're tapping into their hometown, you're tapping into very engaged audiences because you have the average influencer you know, or creator, they'll probably get one to 3% engagement on an average post. Athletes can get four to 6% on an, on an average post, which doesn't sound like a lot, but twice as much actually is a lot, right? So you know, if your brand is associated with this athlete and this athlete is pushing your granola bars or your energy drinks or whatever, there's a higher probability you're going to get some sales out of it. So brands, you should be investing in these athletes. Coaches, make sure that you're in educating parents about the process and then athletes go get it, you know, educate yourself and go out there and work. And that's my 90 seconds. All right. Well, this is the, the pretend mic, but I'm going to drop it. Boom. There <laughs> you go. Drop the mic. Touchdown. All right, man. Listen, man, appreciate you having you on. And like I said, we'll be in touch with some more things and, you know, just stay in touch, man. We, we got a lot of cool things to, 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 to talk about. Absolutely. AC really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Keep up the good work and, and we'll talk again soon for sure. All right, man. Fellow teammates, continue to move swiftly. We will talk more soon. Shine bright like a diamond. Shine bright like a diamond. Find light in the beautiful sea. I chose to be happy. the universe
Shine bright like a diamond. So shine bright.